we wanted to, to show people like, hey, we're normal people. Like neither of us are gonna go up there and try to show off these crazy tricks. Like we're just gonna show you what works for people that we've worked with and, and hope that we can change the way that fitness is portrayed just in general. Welcome to What Works. I'm your host, Tara Gentili. On What Works, our goal is to break through best practices, transcend conventional wisdom, and put theory to the test. To do that, we talk to real small business owners about what's actually working for them right now and deep dive on the who, what, how, and why of how it works. This week, my guests are Lauren and Jason Pack, the co-founders of Achieve Fitness, a Boston area gym with the mission of bringing inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. They opened their gym in 2012 after realizing there were not enough gyms out there that truly cared about their members' success. Jason and Lauren also host the Ask Achieve show where they answer listeners' burning questions about fitness, health, and business. Plus, they run an incredibly popular Instagram feed at Achieve Fitness Boston, where they post strength training tips, dispel misconceptions about fitness, and encourage everyone to embrace their motto, peace, love, and muscles. When they're not working with their team or coaching their members, they can be found spending time with their dog, Diesel, playing football, or relaxing on the beach in Cape Cod. As you'll hear, I found Achieve Fitness thanks to the Instagram algorithm and was immediately hooked on their super informative and approachable content. I wanted to find out more about how they balance lives as successful gym owners and the incredible demands of creating so much great content for social media. Jason, Lauren, and I chat about how they developed their social media strategy to be aligned with their mission, why they decided to learn new skills instead of outsourcing their content creation, and how they developed the coaching team at Achieve so that they have the capacity to focus on marketing and branding as the owners. Now, let's find out what works for Lauren and Jason Pack. Lauren and Jason Pack, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right. So as I said, I really want to deep dive into your social media strategy and your content marketing strategy because I absolutely love it and I'm an avid follower. Uh, But first, I want listeners to kind of get acquainted with your business and how you got started. So can you tell us how Achieve Fitness uh, came to be? Yeah. So we were, we started as trainers back in what year was it? 2007, Seven, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I was in school. I was at, we, were, we met at Northeastern University in Boston. And we um, decided, Jason started personal training at a Boston sports club, which is just kind of like a big box gym in, in the area. And they were looking for female trainers. And so we had already been kind of workout buddies. And he was like, hey, like, maybe you want to do this as a summer job. And I was like, sure, why not? She's like, I'll do it for a little bit. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a short term thing. Um, I was actually in journalism school. So I was oh, not okay. studying to do this at all. Um, and yeah, so as soon as we started, we just both absolutely fell in love with it. And just the idea of being able to turn someone's life around health-wise was just really, really amazing and so cool. And we absolutely went like headfirst into everything personal training. And so... Yeah, I think we both started it as like, oh, we like working out. So let's just try this thing for a little bit. And then like, you just get hooked on people just like, you know, just having a positive impact on someone's life, especially from a health and fitness standpoint. And they're just like telling you stories of how now they can, you know, take things out of the overhead compartment at at the airport, or they can (laughs) lift up their kids so much more easily, or they're not in pain. And we just got really just hooked on that sort of feeling of like making a positive change on someone's life. And um, yeah, here we are 11 years later. Yeah. So about six years into 
doing that at tr- personal training, we went, had a couple different jobs. Um, we decided that the one thing that we felt like was really missing in the fitness industry, at least in our area, was a space where people who weren't comfortable working out necessarily could walk in and feel immediately supported, welcome, comfortable, no matter where they came from, what, what their background was. Um, and we just didn't feel like we could find that anywhere. So we set out to create that. And that is sort of how Achieve Fitness was born. And we then went and found some business mentors because we were just personal trainers. We weren't business owners. <laughs> um, so we have some business mentors who helped us along the way a lot in those first couple years, really starting things up. Incredible. And you guys have a great video of how Achieve Net- Achieve Fitness got started on your YouTube channel, right? So we'll we'll link up to that. I watched it. It was amazing. Um, I really am obsessed with your social media. <laughs> so, um, so let's let's get into that now. Um, I found you guys on Instagram. I think just through like the random discovery function and started following you that way. And it seems like Instagram really is kind of the focal point of your social and content market marketing strategy. What made you decide to go all in on Instagram? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I think honestly, the reason in the beginning is because that's the platform we both like. Yeah. Um, it's what we both use the most on our own. And we figured if we're trying to reach people in a way that we can relate to and hope that they can relate to us, it might as well be on a platform that we use and that we really love. So that yeah. really was the catalyst for the beginning. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I think Snapchat had this like little big bubble there and people mm-hmm. were all clamoring about Snapchat and we're like, we barely know how to operate this thing. We're trying (laughs) and we're like, we don't know how to do this. So we just stuck with Instagram. It was a much more um, visual platform, which we really appreciated. Um, But yeah, that was just like the platform we just naturally gravitated to. And we're like, okay, if we're going to do this thing right, we're going to spend a lot of time on it. We might as well enjoy the actual platform we're working on. Gotcha. Okay. So Lauren, you mentioned that uh, Achieve Fitness is really about creating a space where people who don't necessarily feel comfortable in a regular gym set, uh, setting can go and feel supported and get the information that they need and get the help that they need. And I see that kind of carry over in your Instagram strategy, your content marketing and social media strategy uh, kind of as a whole. How did you guys turn that mission and those values into the strategy that you have for posting the kinds of tips and exercises and drills that you post on a regular basis? Yeah, so we, I mean, it's just so embedded in us in our, and it is such like our mission to change not just our, like our gym and our area, but we really want to change the way this whole fitness industry is approaching helping people. And we felt like, especially on social media, a lot of what was happening was trainers trying to show off what they could do in order to impress other people. And really what was happening was they were actually intimidating other people and they probably didn't realize it. They probably, and they probably weren't doing it with that intention, I'm sure. Um, but by, you know, kind of taking off your shirt and doing these crazy gym tricks, you most likely are actually telling people like, look what I can do. And you probably can't like, mm-hmm. let me help you. And that's really not what people relate to. Yeah. Um, so we, we wanted to, to show people like, Hey, we're normal people. Like neither of us are going to go up there and try to show off these crazy tricks. Like we're just going to show you what works for people that we've worked with and, and hope that we can change the way that fitness is portrayed just in general. Um, to the greater public. Yeah. I mean, initially we used to, I think we got caught into this sort of like ego thing where we were trying to impress other coaches and we try mm. to um, have a lot of like insider talk and like really delve into like very specific niche things. And we just took a step back and we were like, you know, 
this is not how we talk to our members or our clients. And we like, we try to simplify things as much as possible, make it as just as welcoming and as inviting as possible. And we just had to really just take a step back and say, okay, are we doing this for other coaches or are we doing this to make a positive impact on the industry, which means we need to simplify things and make it much more approachable, much more accessible. Gotcha. Well, that's totally aligned with our mission here too. And I see the same kinds of things happening in the small business space too and in the entrepreneurship space, right? Where people are talking about, this is how much money I made, or this is how many followers I got. It's like, no, let's talk about what really works for people, right? I love that. So I know what's on your feed because I see everything that you post, but can, can you talk us through when when someone lands on your Instagram feed or when they land on your YouTube channel, what are the types of content that you are posting on a regular basis? So every day we're posting um, one or two um sort of like we either do a comparison photo. So a, a video or a, one picture of somebody or well, one of us doing something a little bit incorrectly with a ex mark, <laughs> and then one picture doing it correctly with a check mark. Um, we started doing that because it was really simple for people to understand. Like this is, this is form that is not ideal. This is form that is more ideal. And instead of just leaving it at that, we do a long explanation with the photo to really explain, like, it doesn't mean that you're wrong if you're doing it this way. It's just that you can tweak it to be better. You can improve your form. You can hopefully not be injured with this type of movement if you try to do it this way instead. So a lot of educational information about exercises, um, just like how to perform certain exercises. We'll also do um, videos where we're actually speaking and just giving a demonstration of how to perform an exercise or quick tips for like how to improve your pull-ups or how to, how to deadlift properly without hurting your back, things like that. So mostly the content is education-driven. We try to, with that education, we try to still put out that feeling that like you're doing great and you're like, you know, you keep going and you can do this too. This is totally something that you can do at home or on your own. Um, so we try to still get that feeling with the educational material. Gotcha. And it seems like that is a, a lot of content to plan out and figure out how you're going to fit it in, you know, the, the creation of it, how you're going to fit it in, the posting of it, how, are you, how you're going to fit it in. Can you talk us through the process of actually planning out what that content is going to be, producing that content, and then getting it up onto your feeds where people can see it? Yes. Yeah. So basically, I mean, Lauren and I will sit down for a good probably hour or so, um, about once a week, and we'll plan out the content for that week. And so we'll say, okay, we're going to do 10 to 12 different pictures this week. Uh, we'll do a few videos this week, and we'll plan out exactly what topics we're covering. We'll also plan out what, um, what YouTube video topic that we're covering as well. And then from there, we'll just go in one day and just shoot them all. And then from there, a lot of the time is just spent on editing. So Lauren will handle uh, the, the photography side of things. So she'll, she'll handle Canva, Lightroom, and Photoshop. And then I'll go in and do more of the video editing stuff, which is um, Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, and yeah, we've kind of mapped out a pretty good system where each one of us has a uh, creative rights to each other's kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it works out really well. Nice. That, that was a, another question that I had is, are you outsourcing any of this content creation? It sounds like no, no, we are not. Yeah. And <laughs> That's incredible. Like, we have no sort of like prior background to it. We just kind of like YouTube is amazing. We just sit down. And if we want to accomplish something, we just type in, how do we do X, Y, like Lauren just, <laughs> Lauren just put in like how to overlay a kettlebell swing. So it well, looks. Well, I didn't oh, ask how to overlay well, a kettlebell yeah, yeah. swing. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
how to superimpose one photo over another in Photoshop. And I literally ended up, I was able to do it in five minutes just from a YouTube video. And, and that's incredible. Like, how did you do that? I, I was like, like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I I love that that you guys still have your fingers in all of that. And your feed is so impressive, but it also sounds like what you do is really accessible too. If someone wanted to say, you know, not that I want to copy their feed, but that I'm inspired by their feed and I want to create this quality of content. It's super accessible. Um, and with, you know, with some time and some dedication, anyone could do it, which is really cool. Cause again, with the intimidation thing, it can really seem like, oh, this isn't accessible. I can't do this. I need to spend thousands of dollars to get someone to do it for me. And it sounds like that's in fact, not the case, which is great. Yeah. How much time out of your week are you spending on creating social media content? Um, I would say probably around 15 to 20 hours, I would yeah, say, somewhere around week. there. So it's, it's pretty much a part-time job. And um, we were only able to recently get really involved with it since last July, really, um, since we were able to develop a, a really strong team at the gym. And so we could take a little bit of a step back from a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff, a lot of the administrative stuff, and that freed us up a lot of time to actually go ahead and focus on the social media side of things and the branding side of things. But I mean, the first four years of business, we were just barely getting by with all the day-to-day -day stuff. And now luckily we've got an incredible team in place where we can hand off a lot of things and know it's going to be done really well. And that means we can focus on just pushing the business forward. Yeah, I was so glad to hear that in your pre-interview that you've put all that focus on getting your team to where they are, getting them to take ownership of the things that they're in charge of so that you can be freed up to really run the business and grow the brand, as you said. Um, can you talk us through that process? Uh, how have you found the people that are on your team and how have you trained them or gotten them ready to take on that kind of responsibility in your business? You know, a blessing in disguise that has happened um, in a few previous jobs that we had were um, just not being treated as well as uh, we thought we could have, um, to put it uh, just lightly. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the time, it was a little bit difficult to go through that. But now we can just really empathize with what an employee um, just not in a good position feels like. And so now we just take a lot of time to empathize with them and figure out um, if, if, if something is going on, we can then uh, talk to them about uh, what's going on in their personal lives that might be manifesting in something um, at work. Um, but we, we just spend a lot of time just getting to know each and every staff member um, and just creating a good relationship. And then from there, we can then delegate tasks. But I think a lot of people think hire someone, delegate, hire someone, delegate. But we just try to connect with them as much as possible, build as much trust as possible, and they'll kind of do as much for They'll us. Want to the, yeah. do more for you. Yeah. The way we found um, everyone on our team was different for each person. Um, we, a lot of them actually ended up reaching out to us. So we were super lucky with yeah. that, um, which was just amazing. And they kept reaching out at the right time. It was like, we were putting it out in the universe and it just, they would just appear <laughs> it was like really amazing. Um, so, but when we do interviews, all of our interviews are based on our core values of our mm -hmm. business. And so our interviews are never like, even when we're interviewing for a coaching position, it's not what was your degree or what's your experience with coaching? Because we know we have the experience to be able to teach them those things. Mm. Um, we can teach them how we want them to coach. And we want everybody on the same page anyway with how we're coaching. So we want them in our system and kind of on our team in that perspective anyway. Um, so the questions are more about like, 
who are you as a person? And do you align with our core values? And are you going to like be a positive, friendly face when somebody walks in the door? And are you going to be an inclusive, supportive person? Those are the questions that we actually ask in different different ways um, to get a really good sense of who they are at their core so that then we know that they're actually going to be a good fit for the team. And we can teach them the nuts and bolts of the actual position just fine. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of that, you had also mentioned to me that you guys have put a real emphasis on the soft stuff as opposed to the hard stuff. So culture and values and vision as opposed to ROI and KPIs and CPAs and all of these things. Uh, and I love that that's part of your interview process. How is it part of your management process as well? How are you reviewing that on a regular basis? How are you in- infusing that into team communications, those sorts of things? Um, yeah, even little things like we, we, so we have team meetings every Wednesday, um, we meet with our whole team and we start off the meeting with feel good moments from the week. So the first thing is never going to be like, this is what we need to do better. Our numbers are down, like, you know, like starting to go down our team's throats. It's more like, Hey, what did, what happened this week that made you feel really good? And everyone shares, we go around, we take like 15, 20 minutes sometimes to share things that happened in the gym that made everybody feel really good. And it just brings, it elevates everyone and brings everyone up. It reminds us that we're doing this for a greater purpose, that we have this amazing opportunity as coaches to be changing lives. And let's remember that that's the big thing here. Um, And then we might go into like, you know, we'll go into new members and, you know, if people have not renewed and talk about that and try to solve problems, but we always start things off with more of the, feeling side of things. <laughs> um, we also, when we have one-on-one meetings with our staff, they're very relaxed. Um, they're not very like, I don't know. I don't even know. Like it's not, it's not like about a, like an intense performance review. It's just a sit down chat of how we can both help each other out to get to the next spot that we both want to go in. Yeah. And it's just a, yeah, just a good conversation as, as opposed to me, like you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, fix it. It's, you know, it's more of a collaborative effort. And then we ask them, like, what can we do to do better as well? Just because it's a it's a two way street. So I love that. I love that. Um, There's one more question I have about your team. And that is simply what does the team look like? Um, You don't have to tell me like, you know, down the line with the roster sheet of who's who's who is what. Um, But I'm just curious, you know, kind of how many trainers do you have? How many people are running the business side of things? What does how does that all shake out? Okay, so it is Jason and I are the owners. We have four full-time coaches, um, three women and one male coach. Um, that is just just how it happened. Um, we weren't ever looking for like specifically a male coach, specifically a female coach. Um, that's just who we found that fit fit the job. Um, we have a office manager who really runs a lot of the behind the scenes member services type stuff, and then we have two part-time coaches who teach classes for us: one male, one female. Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. Four oh, other. yeah. And for front desk uh, slash shake bar enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Today, small businesses largely operate in a system of closed doors, velvet ropes, and marketing labyrinths. If you have a question about your business, there's really no good way to shop for answers. You have to wait to be presented with some free offer, then follow the breadcrumbs through some sales funnel, and finally be presented with a course or workshop that may or may not be closely related to your original question. FOMO ends up guiding decision-making more than intention or strategy. 
Now, what if instead of this culture driven by fear, exclusion, and dependence on cults of personality, our small business culture was driven by generosity and independence and interconnectedness? What if we work together to solve problems, create solutions, and build valuable things? What if we openly shared what works for us and abundantly contributed our know-how to the benefit of our peers? What if we worked together to build a bigger pie instead of working separately to get a bigger slice for ourselves? What if we were open to unusual paths forward, new pricing strategies, new team structures, new systems of organization, all because we have windows into completely different ways of doing business? In this kind of culture, what more could you accomplish? In this kind of culture, what couldn't you accomplish? This is the kind of culture we're building with the What Works podcast. Our guests aren't here to sell you something. They're here to get real about what's working for them. Our conversations aren't fluff or feel-good stories. They're in the trenches, deep dives about how things really work. Our episodes aren't about top-down teaching. They're about sharing. This is also the culture we're building at Co-Commercial. Now, I know from personal experience and from watching thousands of entrepreneurial interactions over the last five years, that when we allow ourselves to get open, honest, and curious about our businesses, we can work together to create new possibilities without losing out to the competition or stepping on each other's toes. I see on a daily basis how one person's question can open up a discussion that benefits hundreds of people. I've experienced the generous outpouring of support that expressing need or real vulnerability brings forth. If you want to see this kind of business culture thrive like I do, if you want to build your own small business in a community where this isn't just possible, but it's happening every single day, Co-Commercial is where you belong. You can get started with a simple hello or a question about your current business challenge or by stopping by one of our virtual events. Our aim is to help you become a part of a tight circle of small business owners. This circle will support you, challenge you, and depend on you. And together, every small business in this circle can transform into a powerhouse. To request your invitation to Co-Commercial, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. Um, let's swing back uh, to the social media and content marketing realm for a bit. How... What kind of results have you seen in terms of enrolling new members uh, because of or through your social media channels? Yeah, I mean, um, up until recently, and like this is like the last month or so, there was no really local impact with um, our social media following. Um, but then there seems to be some sort of tipping point that we've met. And like the last, I don't know, like the last 12 people have had Instagram as their answer of how they found us. Um, a oh, lot wow. of times it used to be Yelp, but I think maybe people are just cross-referencing with social media channels just to make sure that they fit in with the environment. And Instagram seems to be the one that kind of pushes them over to um, to, to actually reach out and join. Gotcha. Um, and what which, was... Which is actually, oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's actually sooner than we anticipated. I thought it was going to be... Um, we're just going to have more of a national approach, I guess, with our following and the local approach we could do with like SEO or Facebook ads and things like that. But... Um, pleasantly surprised with how how quickly it's um, gone over to the Instagram realm. 
That's really fascinating. And what leads me to another question that I had, which is you guys have well over 50,000 followers at the time of of this recording on Instagram. Uh, those people are not all in the Boston area, I'm sure. <laughs> so what is what has been your thought process in terms of building a national or even a global audience for a local business? Do you have uh, ideas about opening more studios? Do you have ideas about doing digital content for, for revenue? What why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, yeah, we definitely don't plan on opening any more gyms. <laughs> that is a one-time thing that we're planning on keeping a one-time thing. Um, it is really hard to have a brick and mortar uh, facility and you have to staff it. You have to constantly reinvest into it. There's just so much that goes into it. Um, even, I mean, thinking about doing a build out again is like, makes my head spin. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't plan on opening another facility. Um, Lauren's also due in October. So just right. to have another baby yeah. on top of a, a, a real baby yeah. <laughs> would be a lot. Yeah. So that's not the plan. Um, but the plan is definitely to do some digital products um, and to start to spread. Basically, what we want to do is take what we do within the walls of Achieve and be able to bring it to people anywhere, anywhere that they are in the world. Um, and so we can do that through online coaching, which we're, we'll hopefully have an online coaching platform soon where people can train with us or with our coaches in an online setting instead of being in person. So it doesn't matter where they live. Um, we'll have products as well that are geared either toward We'll plan on gearing some toward general public on like how to put together a training program for yourself. We'll have some geared toward new coaches on how to um, be the best coach you can be. And so we are definitely planning on having all these different avenues and um, doing that through social media. Yeah. And I mean, right now, it's kind of just like, let's just try to build our following as much as possible and try to build our brand as much as possible. And then we kind of think that things will naturally come up mm -hmm. as a byproduct of that, especially if people keep asking us, do we offer online coaching or other personal trainers asking us, hey, do you have any resources for me that could help me out with either my social media or with just my own programming or the way I communicate with my members? Um, so a lot of these questions have been popping up. And I think now we're like, okay, how can we create a solution for that? Um, instead of having a plan in mind and then creating the social media to kind of... Um, artificial, I guess, attribute to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, so totally. Just, like we're just kind of like spreading our mission and whoever jumps on our mission, that's awesome. And then if they have any problems that we could find solutions for, hopefully we can create an organic solution for that. I love that. And I'm glad too that you shared that for the first, I think you said four or so years of of the the gym, you guys were focused on just making that work. Now you're focused on the audience and then you'll focus on worldwide domination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, it just takes a lot of time. And if you're not prepared to take a step away from the actual day-to-day -day side of the things at the business and your business isn't healthy, then both things are going to go by the wayside because it's just like the amount of time that we put into social media. It's like, um, you know, if our business wasn't healthy at the time, like both would have just sunk pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we just make sure to say that with each and every interview that we do, or every time we get a question about social media, it's especially if the coach or the gym owners early on in their careers, it's like, just be patient. We built this up within a, a little over a year. You can do the same thing, but make sure that your home base is set first. 
Amen to that. Which leads me to another question that I've been asking a lot of people recently, because it's something I've dealt with. It's something I see a lot of um, our members at Co-Commercial dealing with. And that is a sort of identity crisis that happens as you step away from the day-to-day operations of your business. And you guys started as trainers. I assume that was part of your identity. Then you opened a gym. And then, and I'm sure you brought a lot of that trainer identity to owning a gym. Totally. then you probably had a sort of a management identity to that too. This is our baby. We're running it. We're in charge. And now as you start to separate yourself even more from the operations so that you do have the bandwidth for building this bigger vision that you have, I'm wondering how you've worked through that progression of identities. Has there been any bumps in the road? Um, and how do you identify now uh, where you're at in your business at this point? That's such a good question. Um, definitely early on, and this is more me than Jason, uh, I was very attached to certain things in the in the business and in just in what I felt like my identity was. And so there were certain things that I just like was not giving up to our staff that made no sense for me to be doing. <laughs> like writing the, like we have, I really like handwriting. So we have this like calendar board and I wanted to write everybody's birthday on the calendar board. Like this was so <laughs> not a good use of my time. This is like three years in. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I just like had these little things that were my job. And I was like, no, like I can keep doing this. I can keep doing this. And we hit a certain point where we were like, okay, we need to sit down. And and this was actually the best piece of advice we got from our business mentors. They said, sit down and write down your three, what do they call it? It's like your three, um, like responsibilities that only you can do the three things in your business that only you can do and nobody else can do. Obviously writing birthdays on a calendar was not (laughs) one of mine, right? Like that's not one of them. So we wrote down, um, we wrote down vision, like vision and branding, marketing and, and, staff development were pretty much our three main jobs. And we had to then agree to delegate everything else. And so we had to start basically giving out like pretty important roles. Like we, we promoted one of our coaches to head coach, meaning she was the one that the rest of our staff should go to when they have questions about training or questions or issues with a member. Um, we promoted one of our other coaches to head program designer. So if he basically is in charge of writing the programs or, or helping the other coaches to learn how to write programs. So we gave a lot of that stuff away, which was definitely hard at first, but now has freed us up to do so much more and to actually grow the business. Yeah. I mean, especially spending, I mean, before we opened up Achieve and the first couple of years of Achieve, we, you know, pride ourselves as really good coaches. And so we would always have those, like, uh, like I talked about earlier, just those moments of like people sharing those like positive experiences of how um, we've helped make a positive impact on their life. And then all of a sudden it became, because we've been trying to develop our coaches, we gave them a lot of the responsibilities in terms of leading workshops and designing the programs and doing most of the coaching sessions. And our members would start to be like, hey, so-and-so, like, basically all, all their accomplishments went to them. Yeah. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh, but we're good coaches too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we just knew that if we wanted to grow, we couldn't just have our ego stop us from growing the business. So we were like, okay, if we actually want to grow this thing out and we want to develop our staff in the best way possible and not limit their growth and force them to eventually leave down the road, we want to create opportunities for them too. So it was just constantly basically talking to each other about the greater vision, the greater purpose, and making sure that all of our actions align with that. 
Yeah. Mm, I love that. So you mentioned that your three things were vision, marketing, and staff development. Do you see foresee a time in the bigger vision for your business where you step away from marketing and staff development as well? Um, definitely not in the, in the near future. Okay. Um, I think maybe eventually we can get to a point where uh, maybe we hire someone to do our editing stuff. So mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll shoot the videos and then we'll outsource them to um, ideally someone in-house who can then edit the videos because a lot of them are pretty templated out at this point. We've kind of found our style and sort of how we want to do things. And so it's more just grunt work at this point. But, you know, once we have the resources to, we can outsource that part, but not for the foreseeable future, I don't think. I think that the vision and marketing go so hand in hand and we're always going to be in charge of the vision because Mm -hmm. it just... We have to be. We can't. If somebody else took over, it would not be our vision anymore, and it wouldn't be our business anymore. And so, it, because we're always going to be in charge of that, I think that the marketing is. We're always going to have a hand in it because mm-hmm. it it has to represent exactly what we are looking to do and what we what we want to change about the industry. Um, so I really think that that's going to be in our hands for a long time. And like Jason said, it might just be the small details of the marketing, um, like the the busy work that we're kind of still doing right now that we could outsource, but the overall feel of what we're going to do is probably going to stay in our hands. Totally. Gotcha. Anything big on the horizon for 2018 other than the baby, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The baby's definitely probably the biggest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're we're just in the planning stages of like what we were talking about before an online coaching platform, as well as a coaching platform for other coaches as well. Um, Part of our greater vision in terms of, making the fitness community be a lot more positive and a lot more inclusive is to help out these younger coaches that are coming up to us and asking for either mentorship or advice. And we want to create something for them where we're just having these other basically ambassadors that also share the same vision as us. And it's only then, like we can't just do it single-handedly. We just need more and more coaches and personal trainers that are doing the right thing and keep spreading the message that um, ideally that we're all aligned with. So um, yeah, just creating, creating something along those lines for those two um, populations, but we're just trying to take our time and make sure we do it the right way and not just, just do things just to quote unquote monetize it. Fabulous. Um, where can we find out more about Achieve Fitness and, and getting involved with you guys? So definitely our Instagram page would be somewhere to start. That would be (laughs) Achieve Fitness Boston is the handle. Um, Our website is (laughs) AchieveFitnessBoston.com. And our YouTube channel is Achieve Fitness Boston. It's very, uh, very streamlined. (laughs) Perfect. Achieve Fitness Boston everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, Instagram is our hub. And we have stories of where we can um, relocate you to like our podcast and stuff like that. But um, Instagram is our main hub. Yeah, I love it. Lauren and Jason Pack, thank you so much for this interview. I've loved deep diving into your social strategy and hearing more about your team. And I know that our listeners have loved it as well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank Thank you you. for having us. Lauren and Jason Pack are the co-founders of Achieve Fitness in Boston. Find out more about what they offer at AchieveFitnessBoston.com. Follow them on Instagram at AchieveFitnessBoston and listen to their podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to What Works. What Works is brought to you by CoCommercial. Okay, so what exactly is CoCommercial? CoCommercial is a social network, event producer, and support hub, especially for small business owners in the digital space. We know you want to turn the business you've started into something that will stand the test of time, provide for you and your family, and help your customers transform their lives or work. 
we connect you to people who get the obstacles you're facing as an entrepreneur. We produce events to educate, connect, and inspire you on your journey. We're a community of business owners who help you find creative solutions to your unique challenges without reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. Step one, join co-commercial. Step two, share a challenge, obstacle, question, or setback you're currently facing in your business. Step three, get personalized answers from a diverse community of experienced business owners. Step four, never waste time on Google or Facebook trying to find answers for your business again. We're not another online course. We're not a free group where you get lost in a sea of self-promotion. We're not a cut and paste template for doing business online. And we're not aiming to teach you a hundred new things you don't have time for. We're here to support you on your journey. We help you get back on track and back to running, managing, and growing your business as quickly as possible. No fluff, just personalized, just-in-time answers to your biggest and smallest questions. Ready to give it a try? Request your invitation to the network today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.